0: Marathon recovery can be brutal. I know firsthand my first few runs back from a marathon are always very difficult. And sometimes my legs for weeks after feel worse than they ever have in any of the runs leading up to the marathon. So it can be a little scary in those weeks after a marathon wondering, did I lose all my fitness? What's happening? Um, so today we're just going to do a deep dive as to what you should feel like after marathon or what's normal, um, what some athletes may be experiencing, and just hopefully reassuring you that this is part of the process and to just really lean in and trust the recovery process. Because we are talking marathon recovery today, I thought it would be perfect to bring on our coach who has ran the most marathons and who has ran them in different time periods in their life. So I have with me today Scott Sikalski, also known as Skelly. (laughs) Um, He started marathoning in his early 30s, I believe.
1: No, I was I think my first one I was 26 or 27.
0: All right, so 26 to 27, and then now he's approaching 50, and he has done several as a master's runner as well. Um, so Skelly, how many marathons have you ran? So I've,
1: complete, I've completed 21 marathons, and DNF'd once and one ultra.
0: Oh wow, I didn't realize that you had DNF. At what mile did you um, do a DNF?
1: Um, yeah, so it was about eight miles in. It was more due to uh, this is a little TMI for everybody, but I have celiac disease and I was having some GI issues and I just knew I was they were not gonna go away. Um, just because I so I bailed at like mile eight. So it wasn't because of poor training or fatigue. It was just unfortunate day. Um, so that's the only time that's ever happened. It was still extremely hard to do that. Like it still bugs me even to talk about it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I had it was no the right idea. Thing. No, yep.
0: totally. And it's good to share that because I feel like, you know, sometimes we don't talk about those times because it might be embarrassing, but it's really good just to like put it out there and let people know that it's okay if stuff like that happens. Yeah, but
1: and I've talked to people, I have someone who I have several runners I'm working with now who have GI issues, and it's like I can relate and just trying to figure out ways to hope it doesn't happen. But, you know, occasionally it does. The worst part is I was running with someone um, who, you know, Katie Rideen, and I had to like eight miles in go. See ya. Um, oh, no. <laughs> So that part kind of stunk. Well, I'd already left her a couple times because I had to use the bathroom. But then when uh. I caught up to her, I'm like, I can't do this. So that was probably the worst part for me is someone you're training with and depending on you and then you bail but okay we're getting off topic. No this is, <laughs>
0: this is a great intro so now everyone kind of knows a little bit about Skelly's background but you have completed you said 21 right?
1: Yeah but I did most of those in my late 20s and I would say throughout my 30s since I've been in my 40s and like you mentioned thank you very much I'm not going to be in those very much longer. <laughs> um, I've only done two in my 40s but the most of, so the bulk of them were in my 30s. I have done my ultra was just last year so I did that as a little bit older so. Yeah. All over the place.
0: And how is the recovery process like after your marathon as you've gotten older? Do you notice anything different?
1: Oh, I do. And I I would say even every time I think you do one, you have soreness and you have you need time to recover. I mean, some are worse than others. I would say definitely as I've gotten older, it takes a little bit longer. Like the soreness sticks around a little bit longer. Um, but sometimes it's it's funny because like when I did my ultra, which was extremely muddy. And it's the longest I've ever been out there. It was like six hours. I was sore, but not as sore as I would be if I ran a marathon, which I can't explain to you why that was. Um, other than it was trails and it was mud and we were going really slow. So maybe that had something to do with it. But certainly every time is a little bit different, but you can expect to be sore and running's not going to feel great for a while and all those things. And it's true of every single one. I've never had one I've come out of where I've been like, "Ooh, I'm not sore at all. <laughs> have, have you?
0: I have not. Um, I've had some where I it's not like so painful. I mean almost every time I run a marathon, um, like it hurts to sit down. Like I have to yep. grab something and I just know even like going to the, the bathroom every time it's like excruciating pain just sitting down um, doing stairs is like a no-go, you know, yeah. sort of things. I've had a few where like I could do stairs without wincing and pain, you know, but, uh, that's kind of <laughs> still it, it's really. It's the sore. norm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've had, yeah. I've had ones where I dropped keys on the floor and I had to have someone get them for me oh, or yeah. sit down on the floor and pick them because I just couldn't, just like you said, in the bathroom is, is, was one of the tougher parts too. Your legs are just always so, but sometimes, you know, it's better than others. And I think part of it's, you know, your training cycle, the course, you know, what kind of shape you were going in, how well hydrated you are. There's so many things that can factor into how you feel after. So you want to try to do all the right things to try to prevent it as much as possible. But 26.2 miles is 26.2 miles. So you're going to, you're going to have muscle damage. You're going to be sore. I mean, it'd be pretty strange if you
0: were not. Right. No, that's a great point. And I love how you said, like, sometimes you're more sore than others. And I think, you know, me just in my experience doing, I've done 19 marathons now. Ooh,
1: you're going to catch me soon. (laughs) I know,
0: I'm catching up, Skelly. You better watch out. (laughs) Um, I I think that the ones where you go out really hard and you start to – like you kind of hit that – Threshold before, you know, you're ready and you you hit the wall, so to speak. Those are the ones where I think the recovery process takes a lot longer for me, because it's like you had to continue to run at, you know, a a pretty fast pace to get to the finish line, even after you've, um, you know, already kind of exhausted your entire body. Um, so that's why it's important not to, you know, go out super hard because not yep. only are you going to probably miss your chance at hitting your goal, uh, but also just it, it tears your body up a lot more.
1: Yeah. And for me, one thing I talk about when everyone, and we have a lot of people running marathons right now and we talk about, you know, pace and effort. And one thing I always kind of talk to them about is making sure that when you're running your marathon, you're running at a pace that feels biomechanically correct. And, and I always give them this extreme example so I was at one point when I was in my 30s, I was I was running probably a seven fifteen pace for a marathon, right around there. Well, my nephew asked me to pace him for a marathon. It was his first one. And I said yes, I would do that. And I was still in that kind of shape when I was doing that. And he runs like, you know, I think he wanted to run like a four fifteen. So about an hour, you know, slower than I was doing them. And I'm, you know, obviously cardio-wise, no problem. You know, and I ran that with him and he did great. And he actually was like five minutes above what he wanted to but I've never been more sore in my life. And it's because I had to change my bio- biomechanics so much to kind of slow down and kind of stop myself that whole time. It was who that, that for sure is one memory I have is one of the sorest I've ever been after a marathon. And I was also in my running streak at the time. So I had to run the very next day.
0: Oh, wow. Not
1: smart. People <laughs> out there don't do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as cause both of us, that's so interesting. How long was your running streak?
1: Uh, so four years. So I, I, okay. I decided one year I was just kind of a little bit lack of motivation. A friend had done it. I'm like, I'm just going to see if I can run two miles a day the whole year. Not, you know, and, and nothing doesn't have to be above that. And I did that. And then people start kind of talking about it. And you get kind of, I think I, my ego got me into it more than anything. <laughs> oh,
0: totally. Yeah. And
1: I kept going and I just did a mile, at least a mile every day. Obviously some days I did more and uh, did, ended up doing it for four years. And then I, I got sick the Christmas right before my fourth year would have been done. And uh, just decided it was time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's always good to have, like, a reason to quit because I know those things can kind of be, oh, gosh, I'm already a year in. Like, can't quit now, which is why you shouldn't do them. Everyone listen. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I, yeah. Don't practice what we preach. Really right? dumb. No, no. They're,
0: they're very stupid because once you, like, start and, like, you're committed and you start tracking, um, I feel like it's almost – you know, it's like a really addictive thing to do, and you you don't want to think, oh, I, I'm going to break my streak, and it's just not good for training because there are days, of course, like after a marathon, or you know, you get sick, or you think you're getting sick, where your body needs to rest, um, and that's kind of why we're having this podcast and talking about it. And I'm sure your body, like after you took that rest day, it was like a huge weight just lifted off your shoulders, like oh, finally, yep. I don't have to do this stupid run streak anymore. And I
1: took like a month off.
0: Yep. <laughs> and you deserved it, right? Yeah,
1: and it was, and it was just some, and it was nice because you know I have my dog and things. So there were things that made it easier. Like I had to get him out anyway. So it's right. like it's only a mile on some days. It, it's doable. But we also live in Wisconsin where it's oh. there can be two feet of snow, and mm-hmm. there's this times where it's more difficult to do it than others. But okay, again, we're getting off topic. right so
0: do as we say not as we used to do right so we don't we don't do it anymore but I had like a 550 day one also but again uh rest is better and when I did have that run streak like I improved the first you know six to nine months and then it really I mean I took a big hit because it's like I was I was running every day um and it wasn't allowing my body to you know recover and it's funny because your body can sustain a certain amount of training for you know quite a while and then sometimes it takes you know a year or two for your body to be like no I'm done um, and just start regressing and so I think that's why this podcast is really important because some people they might get done with their marathon they might not feel like they need to take that time off and I've been there you know you think oh I'm you know invincible I can continue training this doesn't apply to me Um, and we see that a lot as coaches I've seen people who have that attitude where they think they're invincible and it it might work for, you know, a couple months, maybe a year, but eventually it is going to catch up with you. And maybe that's going to come in a form of an illness. Like you're getting sick a lot. It's going to come in reduced uh, performance outcomes. um, Just not being as fresh. And then I think over time, you just kind of lose your love for the sport and you don't even realize that that's what's happening. Um, Yeah,
1: those are all super good points. And I think that's why it's important that even if you don't think you need them, you need to plan for them and take them mm-hmm. and, you know, and plan, you know, whether, whether it's a couple of weeks off, you know, every six months, whatever it is um, after a marathon cycle, I mean, just have some sort of a plan. It's really important to do it. And, and I've fallen into that trap. Like, you know, I'll do a marathon and like we just talked about, I won't be as sore and I'll be like, Oh, I, you know, three days in, I'm getting kind of the itch. I'm getting kind of bored. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it feels good. And then the next one won't. And then a month later I injure my calf or something happens I just learned over time, especially coaching people, as long as I have, that you have to take those time, and it's not going to set you back for years <laughs> to take a week no. off Mm-mm. or two weeks off. I and mean, it's even if you, I, so many people they miss a day and they're, you know, panicking. Um, you can do, and you really want to do for all the reasons you just said. Um, think long term. If you want to do this long term, you want to love it, you want to stay healthy, you want to be consistent. Taking those time breaks is really vital and important.
0: Yeah, I love how you brought up, you know, sometimes people, they get in that panic where you take a day or you're taking a week, a month, and you're saying, let's rest. Like, let's do no workouts. Let's do maybe zero miles or very minimal. Um, Why do you think it is that some people, like, get all panicky about taking time off?
1: Oh, I think it could be a variety of reasons. I mean, one part is you're, you're into this, you know, you're obviously just almost like a running streak. You kind of get into this routine and this habit of doing things and you feel like if you don't do it, something's going to change or you're going to lose fitness. Or mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest one I get. And I probably get at least an email or two a week. Oh my gosh, I had to miss yesterday. Is that going to totally screw up my training? And I think some of it's just not having the, and I don't mean to say this in a mean way, not having the knowledge of knowing that. It's a process that there's yep. – you can take rest. You need to listen to your body. I have a couple of people that are – marathons coming up, and they're a little bit – they have a cold or whatever, and it's like, right now we got two weeks to go. Rest is the best plan. Trust oh, yeah. Me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think there could be a variety of reasons, but I think a lot of people is just you, – you, you're new to it. You haven't done it. You're not used to taking those days off, and then suddenly you are, and, and it just kind of freaks you out. But please trust me, As long, especially if you're – what I always say to people, if you're super consistent – And then all of a sudden you need a day or two off. It is not going to hurt you. and In fact, it's going to more than likely help you um, to do that. And that's why you want to be as consistent, as healthy as you can. If you just keep pounding just to, oh, it's on the schedule. I got to do it. um, You're way more likely. I'd much rather have someone go, boy, I I think I could have done a little bit more than I did too much. Always. 100% of the time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So just, I, I think there's a variety of reasons. What do you think the reasons
0: would be? for me, I think it's hard, you know, you hear people talking these abstract things like, yes, you have to rest, you know, stress plus rest equals growth. And we're always preaching it. But I think for me, like I'm a big example person. Uh, I always am like, well, show me an example of someone who's taken, you know, the full month off and come back stronger. Um, And so one example that I have, which blows my mind in terms of taking time off and coming back um, but it goes back to this principle is Jason has a friend. My, my husband, Jason, coach Jason, around for PRs. He has a friend that he ran with in high school. And this friend was very, very competitive in the sports. Um, one of the fastest runners in the state. I think he's done a 65-minute half marathon before. Um, he was really into it all throughout his 20s. Uh, and then, you know, he had a kid, went to grad school, just, just stopped running, like literally completely stopped running in 2015. He DNF'd a 15K cause it was really hot out and he just never ran again. Um, didn't do another race for several years. And then this year he decided to pick running back up again, literally did not run and then goes back to running. So this is like almost a four year break here. Um, he gets back in builds back up slowly and then at grandma's he ran like a 14 minute marathon pr he ran like 224 holy yeah and it's like what where did this speed come from and he just says you know like it is so much harder to gain that fitness the first time but once you have that base that it carries with you and it stays there like your body doesn't forget and it's easier for you to like get it back and it's it blows my mind because he used to always say that and then now he goes back and he took three four years off of running and then he's back to the same level and it it's been what a year um right and you see that a lot actually which is really interesting because I you're a cross-country coach um at the college level and i know some of your athletes that you coached back when i was in school i know that they took time completely off you know in their in their 20s and they haven't ran at all but you know if people like you know uh tia or like katie Ray yep. and if they really got back into it like they, they i mean they're gonna it takes them such yeah, a short they'll take time. their
1: lumps a little bit at first because yep. i just started is a great example because i just started running with her a little bit because she lives right here in town and she hadn't ran basically in two and this is someone i, I should mention that went to nationals and cross yep. country and was a fast miler and all those things but she had two babies and didn't run for two years yep and so when we started running together and I'm sorry, she's going to listen to this. She was, she struggled, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. for the first one. Like I'm running, you know, my usual normal pace, and we were taking walking breaks. And she's like, I can't do this. Now, fast forward, we've been doing this for maybe four months, and she's, you can already see it's coming back. And you, oh, yeah. I think you ran with her the other day, and saw yep. just that. So yeah,
0: we ran the other day, and then she was up to like five miles, seven forty pace, and then today she posted she had four miles, like under seven thirty pace. And I'm like, okay, it because it comes back so much quicker, and then it looks like to the person who doesn't know them, like how are they gaining this fitness back so quickly? And it's like, but what you don't see is like all that years behind them. And I think that's important to remember when you are recovering from these marathon training cycles, this is like, yes, coming back, you're not going to feel good. You're not going to feel as fit as you did during your marathon training cycle. Obviously, you know, like the first couple runs back, the first maybe month or two are going to feel a little weird, but, then you're going to get back in and not only are you going to get back in feeling good again after a month or two, it's going to be, you're going to feel even better down the road yeah, because I agree. That. And <laughs>
1: providing because you were, you're just going to say, and I cut you off is taking that rest because people I see that don't, I'm already hearing from a couple that like, Oh, I think I did a little too much too soon, you know, cause you get excited and it's only, you know, maybe they only take five days off and they kind of go out and hammer a few of the easy runs or whatever. It's, it's so much better to do the things we just talked about with those people. They've taken the taken the time off and they're coming back slow. And because, like you said, they had that base there, your body will remember that and will adapt much quicker than when you first started, you know, years ago when you first started running, when it was a little bit more of a longer process, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally. And I love how you said that some people are coming back to you saying, oh, I think maybe I did too much. Because sometimes, you know, after a marathon training cycle, for reference, of anyone listening, we get athletes who are like, yeah, I want to take a month off of coaching. And we're like, that's fine. Just make sure you really – Don't overdo it and we like to kind of give them an outline like don't do hardly anything um and sometimes we see people we're like oh my gosh what were you doing like they were doing a lot more than we you know kind of would have assigned for them and then we we get a little nervous because we know what will happen later on down the road um it's a pattern that repeats itself obviously uh and that's that's always tough and how do you coach through that
1: yeah, and that's great, and you get my my wheels turning as as you're saying that because I've been t- having this conversation a lot, and for me it would just be easier if people just stuck with us and let us write that training so they know exactly what to do. Because I, I think about it this way: this whole process, you know, some of these some people I've been coaching, you know, for a lot longer, but it's say a four month training cycle for a marathon, and they're kind of doing everything, and everything worked out well with the race, and then all of a sudden they're going to go back on their own, which is which is fine. But I'd much rather be able to have, and I'm not a control freak by any means, but control of, okay, take this rest. What I can do is see how those runs are going that first week kind of based on what your paces are, what you're saying to me and adjust it as you go rather than you kind of trying to do that on your own. And mostly because, well, I've coached a long time, but I've also ran for a long time. So I've made my own mistakes. I've learned from them. Mm -hmm. And by that, I'm helping other people so they don't make them. So I'd rather personally and this isn't a sales pitch, I'd rather have people just, I just had a conversation with someone five minutes before we started talking. She says, you know, my marathon's this weekend. Then what? You know, do I say, and I said, you know, I would recommend you take a week off and then we'll just start slowly building you back up um, and kind of do it that way. But then I'm, I can help them do that. So if anybody's doesn't know what to do, I would say that's an important step is just to stay with your coach.
0: Oh yeah. That's great advice. And I know sometimes people don't want to take a week off or whatever, but I always try to look at it from like, a perspective of, you know, vacations at work, you know, you get two weeks of vacation they give you, which is hardly enough. Right. But right. Um, you want it, most workers. I mean, it depends on your personality, I guess. And I think most people who probably don't want to take vacations at work are probably the same type of people who don't want to take time off. But it's like when you go on a vacation, it's hard to, tap into that recovery mode, you know, like the first couple of days, you're like, Oh, I got to check my emails, got to do all this work. But once you get there and like your body's able to just decompress, it just, it takes time. And I think that's the biggest thing for people is just knowing that it's going to be an adjustment period and you're going to feel a little antsy. Um, And then, but once you come back from your, you know, quote unquote vacation, you're just more rejuvenated um, for the long run. And that's kind of the same principle.
1: That's a super good analogy. And I think the people that take the time off and do that so much, so mo- much more often I see them going on to continue to do great things and the people that didn't, not that it's always, like you said earlier in the podcast, it's not like it's going to be immediate thing, but eventually it catches up to you, um, whether, whether it's, you know, an injury or just get a little bit sick of running or whatever it is, if you don't do those things, and it's, it's six days, seven days. I remember when I coached cross country, it was like just a battle to get everybody to take a week off after the season was over. You know, just like six days, like I'm talking, if I I think I said this on another podcast, if I got a dollar for every time someone texted me, asking if they'd run, you and I wouldn't be talking right now because I'd be retired. (laughs) Totally. So many people want to do that, but it's so important to do it. And I would stick to my guns. I would not let them do it. Um, They would try every little trick in the book to, (laughs) and this is more, I'm talking cross country runners, but trying to get me to say it's okay. Yep. Um, when quite frankly, they could have snuck out and I would have had no idea that they ran.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: I can say that now. But, and there's some people, I know they're going to listen to this and I'm going to get a text message about that, but there's some people just could not send it, but it's so important to do it. And I really sucked him my guns on that. And I've had to do it myself personally. Like I, when I first started running, I didn't want to take time off. Um, I had to learn the hard way a little bit at times. And then just now I know it's important. I don't have any problem doing it. Um, especially since I've already had it said, I know this is going to happen it's like a week of your life or, you know, if if maybe you have a little bit of a, um, injury issue, maybe it's a little bit more after the marathon, just to make sure that you're okay. Um, but it's not that long.
0: No, that's great advice. And I love how you were talking about cross country and how a lot of the athletes would beg to, you know, be able to run early. And a lot of people just don't like that rest. But what's really interesting, um, is Jason coach Jason, my husband, he is someone, maybe it's his personality type. I'm not sure what it is, but like he could take a month off and it wouldn't even, he wouldn't want to run. It wouldn't affect him. Like he can just switch into that mode really easily. Um, And I always thought that maybe that's like why he was like (laughs) such a good runner because it's like, he just didn't have that like obsessive. Oh my gosh, I need to run. Um, Like when he was running, he was into it and liked it, but he had no problem taking the rest. And that's something that I always look at. And I'm like, I need to be more like that. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: We all have different personalities. And you know, it's it can be harder for some than others. But it's just as we're trying to express, it's just important to do it. And it's a short time. And then you want to be careful about how you build back up. But then eventually, you're going to reap the benefits of that. And you're going to be a stronger runner because of it.
0: Totally. And then I think just speaking more to let's say someone is you know, coming off of a marathon just now. And we've been there, you know, when you're you're doing your first couple of runs back. Um, have you ever felt because I know I have and this is kind of why I bring it up. And this is why I think some people really like to get running again after the marathon. Have you ever felt um, that like, you lost fitness and you know, after taking five days off or your legs felt weird and you were Oh, gosh, d- is something wrong with my body, you know, after the marathon.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think you you kind of feel that every time. And maybe like I yep. talked about earlier, not the initial run, maybe it's the second or third, but you feel like also like, wow, I'm running this pace and this feels way harder than it should. Yeah. Well, think about what you just put your body through, you know, 26.2 miles plus all that training. You're that, that has an effect on your body physiologically, mentally, everything. And, you, and I don't think it's as really anything to do with the week off. It's what you did during that marathon and during that training cycle that your body's just saying, okay, I need a little bit of time. And, you know, I'd certainly I've had like a time where maybe it's a week of those runs and then all yeah. of a sudden you'll, but you're patient. And if, if I do have one of those, I might take an extra. I'll take an extra day off or I'll cross train or I'll do something different. And then maybe two or three weeks later, all of a sudden, boom, it'll feel like it did before. Um, it'll just kind of, I don't want to say you flip a switch, but a lot of times. So, so my answer to that is you didn't lose fitness. Right. not in a, not in a week it's physiologically impossible really to lose fitness i've done a lot of research on this it would take 2 weeks of doing nothing sitting on your couch to even start to lose the benefits that you gained 2 weeks and that's just right. to even start losing it yeah. so to me no the answer is you're not losing fitness it's just what your body went through and it's just telling you i need a little bit more time
0: right and it's good to know for people listening like this is totally normal i remember some of those first few runs after marathon it felt like I was 80 years old or something like I was yep. like, oh my gosh, my, my legs, like where they, my legs attach up near my <laughs> hips. Like it felt like it was going to shatter or break. Yep. It just
1: it's like running in cement. And yeah. or, or and for me, cardio wise too, I usually feel it like, wow, you yep. know, a nine minute pace usually feels like this. And now it feels like <laughs> this uh-huh. and, and it's, and it's every time. And, you know, I, we've both done, you know, enough marathons. It's like that every time. Yeah. Um, sometimes worse than others. And there's been times where it's taken me like a month to feel normal, Oh yeah. Um, but it's like all of a sudden, but I stick with, and I'm just smart about it, especially now as I've gotten older, just take a little extra rest or don't run as far and kind of just listen to my body. And, and then it'll tell me when it's time.
0: Yeah. I love how you said that sometimes it's even like hard to breathe. Cause I've gotten that like, cause I just ran a marathon and I took it quote unquote, like easy, you know, like I, I was just doing it more for fun. Uh, I went like a pretty um, conservative pace and even after that, I i don't know. It just felt like uh, any run, it felt like I was racing a 5k. Like it kind of had that. like Yeah, I know exactly
1: belt. what you mean. Yeah. I'm sure people out there listening are going, that's what I'm feeling.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: now that they're coming off their <laughs> marathons or whatever. So it's it super normal. Super. I'd be almost like worried if you didn't. And you do see right. these people that go out and pff, they race the next week or whatever, which <gasps> I would not recommend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do they do that? How yep. are their bodies doing that? And it, and it can't possibly be good for you
0: yeah no it blows (laughs) my mind I think some people like are just they can there's like special unicorns out there that can just do anything to their body or something but for most people it's like you can barely even run you know the week after let alone do a race um so yeah just anyone listening don't feel pressured because there's a lot of stuff on social media and there's a lot of like garbage that you see out there you know if you see someone running like six miles a day after a marathon just ignore it because that's Mm. not (laughs) Yeah. That's not what you need to do.
1: Yeah, do the best for you, not what other people are doing.
0: Exactly. And then also if like we see one or three or five people on social media. You pooled everyone how many of them out of the 5000 people do you think are you know running the next day probably like 5 out of 5000 so you just yep. have to really keep in mind just cuz you saw 5 people as you slipped through social media um, there's a reason why some of those people have a lot of followers it's cuz they do crazy stuff, like run the day after <laughs> marathon, and no one's saying yeah. that that's smart. Um, There's people are like awestruck. They're like, "How did you do that? That's not normal, right?" Right. So- Even
1: when I had my running streak, it's like I did it, but it was not smart.
0: No, <laughs> mm-hmm. no. Nope. It
1: was just I decided to, you know, pace my nephew, and it was part of. And I, this is the first year I was doing it, and it was not. I came very close to breaking the streak then, um, just because I knew it, my body didn't want to do it. It was really hard. Um, so I would not recommend that in any way, shape or form.
0: No. Yeah. Especially when you hear your body like begging you and you're, and you're pushing against that force. Um, it just prolongs the recovery period and it's just, yeah, like we said, if you want to train smarter, uh, the wise thing to do would be take the time now that way you're not forced to take the time later.
1: Yeah. And I think one thing to think about too, is you spent all this time marathon training. A lot of us have, you know, families and. You know, people were maybe away from a little bit more than we want to on the weekends or whatever. Take that time to, you know, reconnect with friends or family or whatever and just do other things or, you know, go for a nice walk or, or yeah. do something. There, there's so many things you can do in um, it's like a week or two of your life. So um, just kind of reconnecting with that because we do. I'm not saying we all do that, but sometimes you kind of get so focused on that training you forget about some of the other things you like to do. Go to a movie, do, you know, whatever. Not that you don't have time to do that when you're running, but you know what I mean.
0: No, I totally understand what you mean. And I think that's the the great advice because a lot of times people are like, well, what do I do? Or they start to, you know, get confused because their whole routine is out of whack. But if you spent, you know, the 60 minutes you were spending running every day, just doing like a task that, you know, it's kind of been on the back of your to-do list for a while. Like maybe yep. you want to clean out your closet or maybe you want to, you know, Do something with the yard work or with your house, do a project. Um, There's a lot of things that I think maybe we forget about because we have to, like, concentrate so hard on training. But there's a lot of things that you can do to keep yourself busy um, during that recovery time, which is, like you said, super critical. Because not only um, when you do those things are you keeping busy, but you're also letting yourself enjoy running Later on, Because if all you ever did was focus on your running, focus on your training, you're missing out on like other aspects of your life that maybe, you know, were kind of put on the back burner for a training cycle. But it's really good to like be a well-rounded individual and make sure you're taking care of all parts of your life.
1: Yeah, that's really well said. And I think one thing you made me think of is even like doing yard work or doing housework, you'll, you'll feel it. Like, it'll be like, I could like be, okay, I'm going to spend the day cleaning instead of going for a run since I'm taking this time off. And even that's hard. Oh yeah. Cause I'm tired from, the <laughs> from the race or like going up and down my steps <laughs> or whatever. So that should be another signal that, Hey, it's a good thing I'm taking this rest. Cause even like mowing the lawn hurts.
0: Right? No, I totally know what you mean. Cause we moved to, Wisconsin like two days after I finished running a marathon yeah so it's yeah it's nice to be able to focus on something else and kind of take your mind off of that recovery period so yeah yeah um so uh, then there's also like the opposite personalities i think me and you are very similar and like we want to run like we maybe have that like addictive personality but i think then there's other people listening and maybe they're not really relating to what we're saying like people maybe who are like jason um he can just take time off like he could take a year off <laughs> like, <he> just, <laughs> like the type b people out there um is there ever a point where like you know hey enough's enough like let's get you running again like when do you think like you should like intervene and say you've taken enough time yeah
1: (laughs) so um as much as we talked about the opposite happening that happens probably even more so Mm -hmm. where people will be like they made such all this progress and all these games and then they will just stop and (laughs) not do anything i've done that a time or two um i'm kind of a i think i was a once type a type runner where i've turned into more of a b where i can let myself kind of just it, some of that's due to injuries too, but, totally. um, but basically that, that, and I do reach out to people and, you know, cause you, you, notice that they're maybe not doing as much on Instagram or whatever. And just say, you know, what are you up to? You know, what are your goals? Try to, I, I think sometimes you take that too far. It's like, woohoo, I get, I'm done with this marathon. I'm taking time off <laughs> oh. and a week becomes a year. And then you wonder why is it a little bit of a struggle to start back up? Um, you know, you, fe- you feel it a little bit, obviously, if you take a full year off. Um, so I, I think there, there's been more than a few times I've had to prod people to, you know, what do you, what do you think?
0: Should right. You get
1: going <laughs> in a very nice, polite way.
0: Yeah. And like, what do you think helps them motivate some of those people to, you know, get started again? Or, I mean, is there, are they more race driven or what have you found as a coach is a good way? Yeah. Out?
1: And I think it's all over the, the board. What motivates someone? Um, like I'll talk about myself personally, for me, it's, I've got to have a goal. Like I've, mm-hmm. there's gotta be a race or be something that I'm looking forward to that, that kind of mostly that was not the case back in the day. I could be motivated. I could run anytime. Now I feel like I need to have something, some long, short-term goals, some long-term goals, some things to build on, um, to get me there. And I find that that's true with a lot of people and we coach so many different people. I mean, I have some people that their goal is to run a mile without stopping. Well, once they can do that, then we set the next goal. And that keeps that person going. Another person might be, you know, I really want to qualify for Boston. or I really just want to do a 10 K without stopping, whatever it might be, but setting those goals. And I think when you do that nine times out of 10, that helps um, people are motivated by different things. Some people, they're not goal orientated. So you have to find out why are they doing it and help them kind of figure out what's the best plan for them. If that's the case.
0: Yeah, you said it great. Um, I think a lot of people are motivated by races, but sometimes it's like that's not really the the driving force there. And so I think just if you're having a hard time, like coming back or lacking motivation, I think we've all kind of been there a little bit. Uh, or maybe you're just like dreading your runs because I've definitely experienced that where you're like, oh, like I don't want to do this. Um, I think just sometimes like mixing things up, uh, I know that sounds kind of like cliche, of course, mixing things up, but (laughs) if you go out and you just find a new route or maybe you're going to run with a friend, uh, run with, you know, your local cross country team, if they need volunteers or just, there's (laughs) so many ways that you can like give back to the community and like become a part of the community. And I think just getting back to that, um, route, like when I ran with you or with Tia last week, um, literally the miles just like flow by if you yep. if you're running with someone and you're not used to that. Um so if you ever find yourself in a headspace where you're just feeling like really down and negative, um, I think sometimes, you know, taking time off is great. But then if you're trying to get back into it, um, sometimes like grabbing a friend and going on a run or having your dog, I'm sure helps a lot. Uh just trying to find something that gets you motivated, whatever that might be. And sometimes that just requires like asking yourself, like, when are when am I having the runs that I really enjoy?
1: Yep. And it might, that, that, what motivates you is going to change over time. I know for me, it has, um, so many different things motivate why I run now compared to why I ran when I was your age. Um, but like you just said, I found different ways to, there's been a few times I've lost that motivation. That's why I did that whole running street to begin with, Mm -hmm. but you find different ways. And I've had a lot of conversations with runners that we have about, you know, Hey, I'm getting, you know, I'm feeling a little bit, you know, tired of running or I'm not as motivated. What can I do? And then we talked about the very things you just talked about is finding different ways to, you know, go, go to a running group or try, you know, try something that you haven't done or volunteer or whatever it is to see if that, you know, can help get you motivated again. Cause we all go through little cycles like that now and again.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and I think after time off, it can be hard to like kind of get in your groove again and, If, you know, if it's been a month or two and you're, and you're trying to get back into it, there is an element of like, you know, just dedication of what you're doing and, you know, it it can be tough to exercise just like, it can be tough, you know, heading to work every day, but sometimes it's like just the discipline of like getting up and going for it and, you know, not pushing through pain or anything, but like pushing through that like voice in your head that's saying, oh, you don't have to do this. It doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause we all, we all have that. And I think that's something that we don't talk about. Like I get that you know regularly even if you know i'm taking time off or whatever you always kind of have that voice in there and i think uh just practicing that dedication or commitment to what you're doing and just the habits reforming that um can take some time and just being patient with yourself
1: yeah but making it fun and always keeping it that way you know so many people race and they take it so seriously and that's great but you got to remember to have that element to it and that you're healthy and that there's other reasons to do it besides just the competition part Um, that's part of my motivation now, as you mentioned, thank you at the beginning that I'm almost 50, it's (laughs) part of it staying healthy and I still want to look good. And I, you know, there's some, maybe some more ego driven (laughs) reasons why at this point, but I also, I want to stay healthy. I want to be around as long as I can and, you know, be as healthy for as long as I can and, you know, stave off any kind of (laughs) illness as much as I can. And I know being active and doing these things is going to help that. So there's a lot of reasons to do it
0: yeah totally and honestly like you do not <laughs> look your age like i don't think you do at all and when i first met you like seven years ago across country camp i was like what is he like 27 like i Woo-hoo! don't know and you must have been i knew 42. i was you no but i mean <laughs> i think that part of running like it helps you stay young and like it, it helps your health and i think yeah. when you're really young you know in your 20s or early 30s and you're a runner I think maybe, like, they take for granted that aspect of it. And if you looked around at your peers, you know, maybe your coworkers or people that you know, like, you are very, very healthy compared to the majority of, you know, Americans or people around you. And so just focusing more on that and remembering, like, you're doing this for yourself. And I think sometimes runners can be, like, super hard on themselves and, like you said, take it, like, a little bit too seriously. And I've definitely been caught in that trap also But just remembering, like, why you're out there doing it. And if it ever feels like it is a drag, just remember, like, you're doing this for your health. So if it becomes, like, a toll on your mental health, like, if you start hating running or thinking, oh, I have to run X time in order to be successful, like, just give yourself a little breathing room and a break and just say, you know what, I'm doing this for my health. Like, if I don't want to run my workout, like, that's fine. Just do something easy. Just don't fall off the bandwagon completely. I think sometimes people have that all-or-nothing mentality when really it's just – consistency and just showing up and doing it for yourself and your health is the best approach
1: Yep, and I just had my physical since I'm Ooh. almost 50 and it went extremely well and I feel good about that just as good as I do if I like PR in a race because it's like obviously that's <laughs> pretty important your health and it's everything went really well and I know it's because I'm active and I eat well and and do those things and I wasn't always that way as you know I smoked and didn't always have the greatest habits, and um, it, but it's been worthwhile to change those habits, and I've done it now for who almost twenty five years, I guess, maybe a little bit more.
0: Yeah, no, that's um, amazing to hear that everything went well, and like you're in really good health. I mean, it's it's amazing what running can do for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, And mentally
1: as much as physically too.
0: You know, oh, so much yeah. mentally
1: as well. It's such a stress, really. There's just some we could do another podcast about that.
0: Yeah, I love running. I think we all can agree that running is the best. Um, And I know we kind of talked about recovery on the last podcast about how, you know, how to come back, how many weeks to take off. But maybe like as a quick refresher, we can just go through um, kind of like a rapid fire of these sort of questions because, you know, people listening might be recovering and wondering, you know, I need more of a timeline. I need more details here.
1: Right. So
0: uh, let's say you just finished a marathon and a half marathon or a marathon or a half marathon. We can do for both. Um, when should you start running again?
1: So part of that answer depends on if you come out of this pretty much injury free and your whole cycle was pretty much injury free. I would say one week off for a marathon, probably about the same for a half, maybe four or five days. I might do a little bit less and then start to cross train and run. But for a marathon, one full week off and then it's every other day mixing some cross training with some very light running. And no workouts for like a while.
0: Great. Should you run every day when you start back or should you do every other no. day? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and you know, it's again, a little bit like Mary had mentioned in our last podcast. There's some people that there wasn't their goal race, but let's say it is. Then I would say it's every other day, then mixing in some cross training. And then the next week, I still don't even get people into their normal routine, probably until about a month in or a month away from the marathon to work kind of what they were their regular days, but it's still the mileage is less and there's no workouts. And I warn them of that ahead of time, that it's going to be a slow build, maybe not a super exciting month, but it's the important month.
0: Great. And then what is a reverse taper?
1: Yeah, I, this this terminology is a little bit new to me. (laughs) I think I learned it on run for PRs, but it makes sense. I get it. Um, but basically you obviously spend this time, you did this training cycle, you give your body this rest by, you know, the last three weeks kind of toning down the mileage and the volume and all those sort of things. It's just kind of that in reverse, exactly what it sounds like. You take that week off the next week, you do a little bit, then maybe do a little bit more with long runs. I don't get anywhere near, you know, I really build that up slowly too over the last one. So it's kind of a reverse of, it might be like the first long run back is six and then it's seven or eight and you're kind of building up that way so it's kind of a I think it's a reverse taper and even taking it at least me when I do it a little bit slower than when you're doing it for the marathon if that makes sense oh yeah it makes sense in my head but I'm no don't totally agree
0: I yeah like so it's not we're not like literally reversing the taper it's like uh you know a recovery sort of taper yeah. thing yeah
1: just like you're kind of slowly winding down we're slowly building back up so it's just like a a v I'm seeing it. It says this in my head for some reason, where <laughs> you <laughs> going down and then back up So totally. taking your time a little bit more on the back up.
0: Right. Okay. Next question. Should you add in cross training or lifting? If so, when?
1: So I like what I like to have people. This is a great time to do this. I do like people to cross train during training. Not everybody does. And that's okay. And I have that conversation right away. I'd, I'd like them to do that, but this is a good time to start. Maybe do it one or two times because you're still getting cardio. So if you're worried about losing that fitness, it's a good way to keep fitness with not putting so much um, pressure on your legs and your body and that kind of thing. Perfect time to do strength training. I wouldn't do it the week after the marathon, but the week after that, it's a good time to start with a couple days a week. And during the off season, I would say even sometimes you can do three times a week. Um, I think you should strength train all the time, other than the week of your goal race and maybe the week after if it's a longer race. Other than that, I would incorporate that all the time, but it's a great thing to focus on if you haven't already. It's a good time to do that.
0: Love it. Uh, the next question is, how do you avoid gaining weight during this time?
1: Ooh, so um, as we know, like, let's say someone wants to lose weight, you, you want to expend more than you consume. So in this case, you want to make sure your calories are even with the, what you're expending. Obviously, you're not expending as many calories. So you're going to have to eat a little bit less. Um, it doesn't mean starve yourself or don't eat or all those things. but you, you definitely want to be a little bit mindful of that in the first couple of weeks, Um I can give you, a, if, if you have time, a great example of what not to do. So I used to, um, one of my, I don't know, if when you get done with a marathon, I would always treat myself, and this was pre-celiac days, and I would always have a Big Mac when I got done. Oh. Which, one Big Mac, no big deal, but I remember one time I did a marathon, and my friend, um, who you know Sarah Russo, had gotten a coupon for buy one, get one free Big Mac. So I, I bought one, and I had my celebratory thing after the race, and then I kept the other one in the fridge. This is a true story, and please don't anyone try this. So I had a Big Mac for breakfast the next day. Then I had all-you-can-eat Gross. Chinese buffet because I, I eat really well during marathon training. So She's then for me. lunch, I had all-you-can-eat China buffet, and then that night I went to uh, Chipotle. <laughs> so
0: oh my not a good way
1: to do the question you just answered. Don't do that. Um and oh. I, I know I personally have gained like in the because I usually sometimes even take two weeks off and I'll gain like five or six pounds because I'm so used to exercising and eat, kind of eating what I want. <laughs> I know you're laughing, but it's oh my it's gosh, a, yeah, that um, was insane. I had yeah. no idea that you ate that
0: much after well, marathon. You sound like Jason.
1: Yeah, well, that's because I was very strict about what I would eat during. So it was like, ooh, this is again pre-celiac days. I couldn't do this now. But um, I did that. It was not. I didn't feel great the next day. And then uh, going forward, so just to answer your question, you just want to be a little bit more mindful because you're not burning as many calories. Um, and you can be, you can nervous eat because you're like, you want to be out there running, you want to do this. So just being mindful of, of how and what you're eating.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good, that's great advice, and I think it's good that people hear kind of what you eat after, because I always think that's funny um when people share what they eat after a marathon, because most people aren't honest about that, <laughs> and it's, it's nice to hear the honesty come out. Uh,
1: I didn't do that like every day, but no, I did but like the day
0: of, like you're just like yep. I'm done. I'm going. Yeah, I did to all,
1: this all this work food. and bring on the and a beer.
0: Oh, jeez, so. no, totally, I've seen it. uh And then I guess the last question, which I'm sure everyone's curious about is uh, how much time should you give yourself before you expect to like pr or hit your peak performance again after you run a marathon
1: Oof. i mean that's to me so individual yeah um it, it really depends on what you did before that what you know how how much experience you have as a runner um it's probably a really hard one to answer um Again, don't do this, but I had a friend who I ran Twin Cities Marathon with, and we were both shooting for like 310. He had a really bad day and just bonked and ran like a 430, which was like not like this guy at all. He got really pissed. And this is not a good lesson, by the way. Let me precursor to this story. (laughs) The next week he got so mad he went and ran a half marathon and PR'd around like a 120. Not good. Yeah. Um, Don't don't do that. But what I'm saying is everybody's different, and it could be two months from now. It could be six months from now. It just that's a hard one to answer. Yeah, that's a pretty drastic example. Again, don't do that. Um, But that's just another example of you just don't know.
0: Right. And like, for that guy, I think, you know, it's like, he was still using that same fitness. It's like, he was still kind of using that same peak, maybe even like less fitness than he could have potentially used, you know, um, Exactly. If had he raced a half instead of the full. But I think, you know, for this question, it's more asking, like, how much longer does it take to, but then again, it also depends because someone could be new to the sport and you know PRing in a race it could be fairly easy because it the level for where they're at now it could be drastically improved just over the course of the previous training cycle um but i think you know it's fair to just give yourself more time than not uh you know putting like a ton of expectations on yourself uh never a good thing and i think When you set the bar so high and, you know, as you get faster, it's like it gets harder and harder to continue to make drastic improvements. So I just think it's fair to say don't don't expect to peak again for another, you know, four to six months. I think that's fair. Yeah,
1: I do, too. And plus one thing that we don't often look at, I just had someone run a half marathon. They're like a minute off of their PR. Well, the course is completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, If you ask me, it was a super hilly course, even though the clock doesn't say it. It can still be a really, really good performance. It's just a different course. And I, I ran into that all the time across country, but you're right. It probably could. My example was a poor one.
0: No, <laughs> it was good
1: later. Like that's more of example. Don't do that. But then again, like you said, and he ran obviously much slower than he was anticipating. And there was a lot of different factors, but um, you're right that it's, it's, and it can depend on the person and just the amount of time. It's really a, a difficult thing to answer.
0: Yeah it's it's definitely very individual to the person but I think how you explain how the person the half you know a week later I think there are some people out there that despite listening to this or knowing better you know they still sign up for a 5k you know a week or not a week but like a month after their marathon and that you know they're curious like kind of how it'll go and I think going into those sort of races where you know you you kind of already peaked you know like you're yeah. in the recovery um You might very well be able to like squeak out a PR or whatever, but just keeping in mind, like you would have been able to run a faster time had that been, you know, your goal race, had you done it, you know, prior to all of this and just allowing your body still more time to recover. Um, And yeah, you're still going to have a high fitness level. I mean, you just ran a marathon or a half or whatever, Uh, but just knowing that it's not like your a race, I guess is, is good. Kind of going into that. Yep. Well, I think this was really beneficial for people to understand more about the recovery process and kind of what's normal, you know, given you've ran so many marathons and it's great that you were able to share your knowledge and make people feel a little bit more comfortable like easing into just resting, um, and enjoying the process. And I think our next podcast, we're going to do a little bit more on the off season and kind of go more specifically into what you should be doing in the time in between training cycles. Um, instead of just, you know, we were arbitrarily talking about rest and recovery but we want to go into more depth in the next podcast so thanks for tuning in and if you want um, to learn more about our training or get a plan for the off season you can visit our website at www.run4prs.co and fill out the form there and we can chat right away